is Strictly John Keith. Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Hello, I'm John Keith and welcome to another edition of Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Now, in any list of Britain's greatest ever footballers, those two wonder wingers and knights of the realm, Sir Tom Finney and the late Sir Stanley Matthews, would come very close to the top. Now, for the first time on mainstream radio, we're going to hear two fascinating archive interviews with those true legends of the game. Matthews, the so-called wizard of the dribble, made 697 league appearances for his two clubs Stoke and Blackpool, scored 71 goals, won 54 England caps and played at top level until, wait for it, he was 50. And the brilliantly versatile Finney, nicknamed the Preston Plumber after the family business, pulled the plug on countless opposition defences. Born next to Preston's Deepdale ground, he was a one-club man, making 433 league appearances, scoring 187 goals and playing 76 times for England, in which he scored 30 goals, in a career stretching from the war until 1960. Both Sir Stan and Sir Tom were interviewed for Hospital Radio in 1996 by one of my studio guests, Ray O'Brien. And also with me in the studio, another genuine legend of the wing, Liverpool great Ian Callaghan. Thanks both for coming in, Ray and Ian. Thank you. Ian, you, were a, you were a fine winger and later a midfield player. Finney and Matthews are way up there, aren't they, in the galaxy of football greats? Oh, without a doubt, John. I mean, <clears throat> you know, when I was a kid, um, you know, Stanley Matthews and Tommy Finney were... Massive players. My God, you know, they were world-class players. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and I think Stan maybe... I know George Best was probably the first pop star uh, player in British football, but Stan had his uh, advertising things. I think he did Brill Cream. That's right. Still like Dennis Compton did. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was an icon, wasn't he? I, I remember, you know, sort of getting myself comfortable to watch. Was it the 53 Cup final? Yes, yes. And when he... The ball. Was it Stan well, Mortensen? it was called the Matthews final, it yet was. Stan Mortensen scored a hat-trick. He did, and, and later I met Stan as well, Stan Mortensen, because he was on the Pools panel right? Um, with Littlewoods. And um, so, yeah, it was... A, <clears throat> and then I remember going to the Blackpool Lights, and it was up in lights where you see Sir Stanley yeah. uh, cross the ball in lights and... Yeah. and, and uh, Mortensen put it in. What a wonderful yeah, memory. Fantastic. And Ray O'Brien, uh, you spoke to Stan at uh, De Coubertin Sports Bar in Liverpool, didn't you? That's right, John. Um, what were your impressions of the man? Oh, marvellous man. And uh, so humble, both of them. The humility they showed was uh, just just very, very impressive. Yeah. He's a lovely, lovely gentleman. Well, I must say, listening to the two interviews, and I've listened to them avidly, um, it's, it's a wonderful... Um, it's a wonderful insight in, into players of a different era and how um, unaffected they seem to be, Ray. And the other thing, John, I did ask them, it was 1997 when players were earning a lot more money than those two people did, but they did not begrudge them what they were earning. No. Because um, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned, in, I did, uh, off the interview, I did ask them that and they said no, they, uh, they no. didn't at all. Well, I, I spoke to Dixie Dean in those terms and he didn't either and he, he earned six quid a week, you know, but That's right. no, these great players, they didn't because they enjoyed what they did. Exactly. Yeah. And they were fellow professionals from whichever era they played in. Absolutely. That's the way they was I at the opening of that? Was that a sports bar? It was. Yes, Ian. it was. Ian, it was yeah. the opening. It was, it was yeah. the opening night. Um, Brian LeBone was there. I was there. And, well, there you um, are. Callie's everywhere. But you see. I miss Callie's everywhere. Stanley Matthews. Oh, yep. 
but I was at the opening because I went right. to the lab. Well, isn't that amazing? Well, yeah. now you're going to hear Sir Stanley Matthews. And he starts off by talking about his father, who was a boxer. He taught me all about the fitness and... Uh... And when I was 14 years of age, in those days you left school at 14. Mm -hmm. When I was 13, 13 and a half, I was uh, selected to play for England against uh, Wales at, uh, at uh, Bournemouth. Oh, as a schoolboy, man. As a schoolboy. Mm -hmm. And then he said to me, you've got to get up every morning now. You're joining Stoke City on the Prentice. Mm. You've got to get up, you've got to do exercises at 6 o'clock. I said, oh, but Dad, well, remember in those days, if your dad told you to jump in the river, you had to. Everything has changed today. Yes, that's true. And he says, also, when you go to Stoke City from here, it's two miles, and, it, and you come back for your lunch, that's two miles, and go back again, that same miles a day, you've got to walk. Mm. And I won't give you any um, buzz money, if it rains, you're right. But if it snows, you can get on a bus. He let you off if it snowed, did he? He let me off. <laughs> but that stood you in good stead, that thing is, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then we'll take a bit of a leap. Can you remember your first professional game for Stoke City? Your first first team game? Well, uh, uh, my my first game as an amateur when I was 15 years of age. You made your debut at 15? At 15 in the reserves. Yes. Uh, I played two games. I remember I had a great player called Albert Geldar. He played for Everton, didn't he, he as well? Played for Everton, and, and, he, and he played in the first team when he was 17. That's right. And he had Dixie Dean. The late, great Dixie yeah. Dean, of course, mm -hmm. who was very much a, an idol in so these parts. So I was parts. 15, and then 16, I became an I was amateur. I played 22 games, I think, in the reserves, and then I became a pro. Yes. And my first game was against Barry at Barry at yes. 17. Can you remember the score? Yeah, we won one now. You won one now, yes. Then... You stayed with Stoke, and uh, like Tom, of course, the Second World War took its toll on your careers because you lost, you lost, yes. five, or, you lost five or six years, didn't you, really? Yes, but uh, time went very quickly, and then, of course, I got transferred from Stoke City, I think, in 1947 uh, to uh, Blackpool. Blackpool. I have an abiding memory of you, Sir Stan, of running on Blackpool Beach. You were a great witness, as your father did with the war. And, uh, I was up there every morning at half past six, yes, on the beach. Can you tell me what you feel was your, so many I know, but your most memorable game, the one you remember most? I expect everyone is going to say the 1923 FA Cup final, but no, there were so many. I never believe that the most, the most excited to me was being in the dressing room. Yes. Before a match. Yes. The atmosphere in that dressing room. The atmosphere, room. knowing very well, is, is 50,000 spectators. Mm. You know very well you want to win, but you're never sure. Yes. Because there's 22 human beings we're going to play. Right. That's right. And to be in there with atmosphere, with plenty of butterflies. Yes. That was to, was that, that was what got the adrenaline that going. Exciting to me. Not the matches. Yes. I couldn't tell you if I beat two men. They yes. say, oh, you beat two men. I said, did I? I didn't know. Yes. But to me, to be in that wonderful atmosphere and ready to go out. There's one match, uh, Sir Stan, which I, I, I can remind you of. And I'm not going to say the obvious one. I'm going to say an amazing feat when you played against Brazil for England. In 1957, you were 42 years of age, I and I think Jarmo Santos was the left back. He was the left back. You gave him quite a bit of a roasting you're, that day. You're, you're, you've got a very good memory, I remember. Yes. They brought me back, England yes, brought me that's back. Right. And then Water went to bottom after the match. He was the manager of uh, England. He wanted me to go to Aust oh. Austria mm. with them. No, yes. Argentine. Argentine. I said, I'm sorry, but I'm already going to Kenya. Yes, yes. And then you played a few ye more years for Blackpool. I played, and then I was, uh, yeah, played for Blackpool. And then my last appearance for England was at uh, 
Denmark when we I think we made a draw and that was my last appearance. And you were, you were obviously then in your, your early 40s. I was 40, uh, 42s I think. Mm. And this I think goes back to what we said at the start of the interview, your father's influence of fitness and training and fitness. stood you yeah. in very very good very stead much, yeah. to be able to hold your own yeah. at that level at, at that yeah, age. That's true. And then of course we come right up to 1961 and you were transferred back to your hometown Stoke City. Now that yeah. was an amazing thing wasn't that it? That was a thrill for me to go back. When you ran out there that first game. Yeah you talk about butterflies. Against Huddersfield Town? Against Huddersfield Town we've beaten three now yes. and uh, talk about plenty of butterflies. Even then after all the games you played? Oh, you always do. If I play in a friendly match you know, about six, seven years ago, I was playing. For, I still got that butterflies. Mm. But the whole point about it that you know, football is a wonderful sport. It's wonderful. Football, it's wonderful because you see the world free. Great time in your second career at Stoke. I got the second division medal when I was 48. Yes. And when I was 18 years of age with Stoke, we won the championship second division and I got the medal then. Yes. So there's a difference from when I was 18 up to 48. Oh, we're talking of 30 years, aren't yeah, we? We're, yeah. talking of, uh, we're talking of three or four decades there, yes. Mr Stan. And you did play another two years and actually eventually retired, I think with great reluctance, in 1965. I think I retired too soon. You say that, yes. I do. That was the most awful mistake I've ever made in life. But I thought 50 was a good age. And just then I was suffering with a bit of knee trouble, which wasn't not, it wasn't much. And I kept thinking I could make a comeback, and I, I didn't, and I think I could have gone on for two years. Do you honestly think you could have possibly oh, yes. got two, I knew, two, I knew two or three own, more seasons? I knew my own ability. And your level of fitness? Yeah, my fitness yes. was good. And remember, we started changing the game then. They were uh, hitting the ball back a lot. Mm. In our day, that you weren't allowed to hit the ball back all the time. You had to come round and try and beat the player. What do you think of this, the modern game now? Do you still, uh, does the adrenaline still go when you watch a live game or watch it on the television? Well, you know, television is taken over. Mm. We've got to admit, television is the number one is in our living rooms mm. and now the whole point about the they have an hour before the kickoff you get some of the ex-players not all of them they talk sometimes nonsense they talk what they should do and what they should not do but remember the manager's job i always feel whether a great manager is he buys the right players mm. no matter what system you have you talk before the match, who's going to watch this, who's going to watch him, and so on. But once you get on that field, mm. 22 human beings. Yes, sure. And the least mistakes you're going to make, you're going to win, like snooker, golf, whatever. Mm. And if you if you, you can go in the dressing room, if you win by one answer, if you win by three none, they say, what great goals. You go in the, the visiting dressing room, yeah. they say, we gave him three goals. Yeah. Why didn't yeah. you mark that player? I remember uh, Terry Venables when he was Christopher coaching in South Africa and mm. Canada. And I go, to, he's with uh, in the first division. Is it second, first division, whatever? Mm -hmm. Crystal Palace. And I'm having a week at Stoke. And I'm sitting in the director's box. And Stoke are winning one none, ten minutes to go. And he gets the player ready to put on. Yes. And as he's sort of getting ready to play up, Crystal Palace score. He doesn't put him on. You've got to have, Crazy. You've got to have manager who's luck because I think 
If you look at the top teams and the bottom teams, you can guarantee the top teams have all the luck. I remember years ago when Blackpool were about second from the top uh, one year, and we thought we'd have a good season for them. We were struggling fourth from the bottom yes. up to Christmas. Yes. We let the barn go out. Yes. They would go up. Now sending off and remember managing. Good to go. We had all the bad luck. Mm. Stan, you're looking uh, remarkably well. I know you've had a little hiccup recently. You had to go into hospital. Yeah, I'm okay. I so had to go to hospital. I'm okay. You're well again. I'm okay. Do you still do the breathing exercises? I did it, yes. I uh, I do my, this morning, about 20 past 6. Mm. And I've got to do it before 7. Yes. If I do it after 7, I just go out and just breathe in. Yeah. I have no enthusiasm. But it, my, I'm built in. Uh, I do my walking mm. and uh, breathing exercises uh, before 7 o'clock. Is that every day? Every day. And that's something you've been doing all your all life. life. And if I don't do it, I don't have there's something missing. Well, what a lovely interview. The late, great Stanley Matthews talking to Ray O'Brien. Ian Callaghan was listening to that. Ian, he mentioned butterflies in the dressing room and I, see, I saw your, your eyes wide. And you obviously felt the same, did you? Well, exactly, John. I think it, it's something... It's something that you you never get used to, you know. I mean, you come out the dressing room uh, ready ready to play, and yeah, your stomach's everywhere mm. until the game gets going. Yeah. I suppose you have to have that edge, don't you? I think so. You know, I mean, it, it's something that uh, you know. If you get used to playing, I, well, I don't think you do. I, I, you ask any professional footballer, you know, when he's on his way out to play, yeah, you do. You know, you're nervous, butterflies, yes. yeah. yeah. Well, we're the same when we do the Shankly show, aren't we? Before we go on stage. Well, yeah, it's because it's, it's it, an event. You're going in front of the public. It's, exactly. It's, yeah. So you know, I mean, and, and a football match where you, oh, you know, you're playing 50, in front 000. of all them yeah. thousands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You do. You you get butterflies, and I I think it's it's good. I think it's part of you know the, the of you getting ready for the game. Yeah. So I think you. I think it's good to know that even Sir Stan got them at every match. So. Well. <laughs> <laughs> when you think, you know, what an unbelievable player he was, and he had butterflies every game. Well, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And Ray, that was a great interview, by the way. Um, he reti- He said he retired too early. He retired amazing, at fifty. He retired at fifty, and says, um, "I think I retired too early. Yeah. I could have gone on another two years." Incredible. Because this man was playing, you know, not in league football until he was late sixties. Yeah. He went to live in Malta. He did. He was yeah. turning out for the post office team in Malta, well into his 60s. Obviously got the stamp of class there. 68 right? years of age. Yeah. The Still post office playing. team obviously had the stamp of class. Very good, John. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Had to get that in. I'm Ray. glad to see you're on form today, John. <laughs> no, but it was great. So we've listened to Sistan, yeah. which was great. Um, in the second segment, we're going to listen to another great legend, Sir Tom Finney. With me listening is the man who did the interviews, Ray O'Brien, and Liverpool legend Ian Callaghan. Make sure you don't go away. We'll be back after this break. Is Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. My studio guests are Ian Callaghan and Ray O'Brien. Ray has done two wonderful archive interviews, which we've just, uh, well, we've heard the first of them with Sir Stanley Matthews. We're now going to hear the second of them, which is another wonderful knight of the realm and legend of the wing, Sir Tom Finney. And Ray, just uh, before we hear it, uh, you did this at Deepdale in August 1997. And to set it up, you got a lovely letter from Sir Tom, which you have with you. I have, John, and just says, very, very quickly, I'll read this. Dear Ray, thank you for your letter. 
Um, he said he signed a picture for me, which was for the hospital patients, which shows something about the man as well. Yeah. I'm quite happy to for you to interview me at Preston North End Ground. I'm away until the 17th of June, where perhaps you could contact me, blah, blah, blah. But he also mentioned the mention of Billy Little. Well, I'd mentioned to Tom before the interview um, that Bill wasn't too well at that stage. I think he was just diagnosed with Parkinson's And he says here, I was sorry to hear about Billy Little. I hope he is feeling much better. Yeah, well, that's... Again, uh, the measure of the man. That's one respect from one great winger to another, isn't it? I know Callie's idol, Billy Little, and the idol of many, many people. Well... Let's hear the great Sir Tom. It was done. Um, it was done in uh, the Tom Finney suite, was it? It was indeed at Preston's Ground. Yeah. That's right. So here we go. Here's the great Sir Tom Finney talking to Ray O'Brien from 1997. Born and bred in Preston, still here after 75 years of, of my 75th birthday in April the 5th, 1997, and um, still fit and well. And um, coming to watch the team, I always admired as a youngster. I, of course, played at school and played for, actually, I played my first uh, cup final on Preston North End for the, the, the school I attended, Deepdale Which was Deepdale County Primary, was it? Well, it was County Primary, then yes. I, I went next door, which was the, the modern school. Mm. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, won my first medal playing here at Deepdale in the Dawson yep. Cup final yes. and scored the winning goal. But of course, I was then an inside left. And yes. I'd watched at a very early age, five, I think I was no more than certainly five, when I watched the uh, North End team play, mm -hmm. who were then in the second division, and they had yes. a very famous player playing for them called Alex James. And I remember watching this game and being fascinated by this little chap uh, with baggy pants. And, I was going to say that. Very long shorts. Very long shorts yes. and an extremely, you know, skillful player. Mm -hmm. And uh, I decided there and then I was going to be another Alex James. So mm -hmm. I, I actually left school and started an apprenticeship as a, a plumber's apprentice. Mm. and uh, got a trial with North End when I was 15. And uh, after the trial, I was asked by Mr Taylor, who was then the chairman of Preston North End, mm. it was certainly through my father, that he wanted me to sign as a, uh, an apprentice professional and mm. go on to join the ground staff. But yes. much to my dismay, my father said, no, uh, that you finish your apprenticeship. Yes. Uh, and that was vitally important and probably mm. the best advice. That was very good advice, wasn't it? When it we was excellent there. advice. Yes. Uh, and so I just settled to sign as a, an amateur with them and did my training on Tuesdays and Thursday evenings mm. and played on the Saturday in the local... Uh, Preston District League. Yes. Did you play for England schoolboys? No, I did not. No. I didn't even play uh, for county or anything no. like that. I no. played uh, really as a reserve for Preston schoolboys. Mm. And that was uh, as far as I got. I never actually was a member of the Preston So basically, it was straight from playing for the school team to playing for North End? It was really, yes. 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 And I, apart from I had a uh, a little short session playing with a team called Holmeslack Juniors, which was the estate I lived on, and my father ran the side and played yes. in the junior Preston and District League. There must have been, Tom, boys at school who were quite good players who never actually made it. Oh, there was many, and uh, it was fair to say that I felt that uh, there were far better players than me mm. uh, playing in schoolboy football in those days that were not as fortunate as I was, and yes. or even probably never got the opportunity of having a trial with it, with a, any, mm. any particular club mm. who, who just fell by the wayside and were yes. content used to play on a Saturday afternoon, yes. uh, but never made the grade. Yeah. I've just read this excellent book, um, Tom Finney, a football legend, and there's a name in the early pages that uh, keeps reoccurring, Tommy Howe. 
Tommy Huff. Tommy Huff is his right. Called Tommy Huff, who, who actually played for Preston Schoolboys. Yes. The inside left, and uh, yes. who actually played for the England Schoolboys. So oh. uh, you know, I, I was actually shut out there and never got into the Schoolboys team, mainly no. because Tommy Huff was, uh, in those days, a far bigger and better player mm. than me. He comes up once or once or twice. Yes, he, he does so indeed. The, because he joined the, the bane of your early career. Yes, right? and he, he actually <laughs> joined uh, Preston North End and was on the ground staff. Yes. and actually uh, played with Preston North End and. Yes. Uh, uh, went on, uh, you know, to, to um, I think he played with Stockport a little yeah. uh, in, in later years. Yeah. He didn't really make the grade as a, as a first team player with Preston North. No. Then your hero, Alec James, horror of horrors, gets transferred to the Arsenal. Yes, How did you did. feel about that? I was very <laughs> upset about that, and as, as a lot of youngsters are today, because mm. he was my favourite player, and I wanted to know why they transferred him, but of course, uh, the, the money they received for him in those days was, was an absolute force. Yes, so he had to go. It was a business, so had to go, business opposition. Yes. Somewhat like today as, in some ways, yes, when we, when we read about the players, the Les Ferdinands and this sort of thing. Has his, uh, Every his game price. Like First game for North End, Tom. Can you remember it and who yeah, was it against? Yeah, indeed. Was it, it was against Leeds United here in mm. 1946 after the war because mm. I, I was served uh, in, in the... 9th Queen's Royal Lancers, the Royal Armoured Corps during the war and had four years, four and a half years of which I spent three and a half years abroad. So you lost, and you lost four well, and a half years, five years of your career? Six years really, because yeah. I, I did get into the North End team mm. in the early 40s when it was wartime football yes. and managed to play at Wembley against mm. Arsenal and uh, in the wartime cup final. But actual league football, you're now 24 then when you make I your, was 24 when you make your full, full debut right. for the that first I was team. 24 years of age, yes. yes. And um, it was against Leeds United, we won 3-2 and, mm. uh, and I scored a goal as well, so I was very pleased about yes. uh, my debut. And uh, and went on, of course, in September of that year, in 46, I was coming out of the forces in June. Mm. Uh, I, I was given my first England cap against uh, Ireland yes. at Belfast, Windsor yes. Park. Yes. Uh, which I think we was that the Northern Ireland team. Northern Ireland. Yes. Well, it was yes, it was Northern Ireland mm. team then, mm. because there was two separate sides. Yes, yes. The yes. air side and that's right. the Southern and Ireland the, yes, and, and the Northern that's Ireland. Right. Yeah. Mm. And uh, of course, uh, played a, you know again well with some very famous names, people mm. like Wills, Ma Wills Mannion, Tommy Lawton, Ray Carter, Tommy Lawton, yes, Bobby yes. Langton, Billy Neil Hart, Franklin, Neil Franklin, yeah, yeah. George Hardwick, Laurie yes. Scott, all, and, all, and, and of course all, Big Frank Swift, all Big Frank Swift, sadly died at sadly died at Munich. It did indeed. Mm. Yeah. Did you play uh, in every forward position for North End? Did you play right across the line? Yes, uh, during that throughout my career, I, mm. I did actually. Uh, <laughs> fulfill our position, from outside, but, but right not on a regular no, basis. No. It was when somebody was injured, and I, I, you know, I was an outside right, of course, and played uh, outside left for England, mm. and, and played outside left occasionally for Preston. Mm. And then later in my career, I moved to centre forward, and uh, for the last two seasons. Mm. What was your favourite position? Well, I, if I had my time over again, I think I would have fancied playing centre forward. I, I really enjoyed the, the yes. last two years I had yeah. there. Yeah. Perhaps thought you were given more scope across the. Well, uh, I think you were in those the because you, and you could play, you know where you could bring yourself back into positions mm. and uh, which you normally didn't associate with yes. uh, and I think it was a great advantage for me with having played on right and left you know yeah. and there were some amazing seasons weren't there in the 50s for North End when they finished runners-up I think on two or three occasions oh. almost and there was one season when they almost won I think there was only one point or it may have even been goal difference well, it was goal difference oh, goal aggregates in those days right. wasn't it, it was uh, Arsenal uh, beat us, pipped us on goal average 
and I will remember because we went to Derby County and played our last game there and won there, which meant we were two points in front of Arsenal, and mm. of course it was only two points then and not three points as yes. it is now yes. for a win. That's right. They had Burnley to play the following Friday, I think it was, mm. and uh, they, they beat Burnley, so of course with the goal difference it was point not something. Yes. It, it was a very, very small percentage of goals anyway. We lost the championship. Mm. And then we finished again uh, about 1957. We finished uh, with Wolves were champion and, and yes. won it by about five clear points. Yeah. And also got to Wembley in 1954. Yes, we did. That was probably a bit of a disappointment. It was a very, mm. very, very big disappointment. Probably fair to say it was one of the most disappointing games actually mm. I had for Preston North End. But mm. a big disappointment to lose there. But having said that, it, it was of course a great achievement to get sure, there anyway. Sure. There were many, many great players yeah, that never even had the yeah. pleasure of playing there. Or teams, in fact. Or teams, but yes. Never, that's never that's get to right. yeah. Let's talk about happier times, Tom, and talk about your most abiding memory of a game of North End, then, for North End. Well, uh, there's many, obviously, obviously. Uh, occasions that you've played, but uh, I, I think, you know, playing your first game in post-war football, your first game ever, real game, uh, playing for Preston North End uh, against Leeds United, that was a, a great occasion. Yes. And then, of course, uh, you think of great games here, and uh, I think immediately of one what we played Derby County and won the game by seven goals to four after being behind on four occasions. Yes, I remember and the great that. Bill Shankly, of course, was then playing in that yes. side. Uh, so that was a very happy occasion for me at Preston. Yes. And um, other other games, of course, internationally, you, you think immediately of games against Portugal that we won 10 0. Mm. <clears throat> and then, of course, the great game when we beat Italy 4-0, who were then yes. the world champions in Turin. Yes. Uh, those were two games that bring, you know, spring to mind immediately as two great, uh, great occasions. Really. Did you play in the game which with Nat Lofthouse, another contemporary of yours, when he got the nickname the Lion of Vienna? <laughs> yes, I did. You were in that, that was one. when we played yes. <coughs> Austria. Was that yes, Austria? Yes, we beat Austria. That was another. Who were then the European exactly. champions? Exactly. They were an excellent we side, weren't they? 3-2. Yes. In, in Vienna. And Nat, yes. of course, scored the winning goal. That's right. Uh, yes, I will remember that. Yes. That was another great occasion as well. You've just mentioned, Tom, and because this, this programme mainly goes out, obviously, to people from Liverpool, you've mentioned the name, haven't you? Bill Shankly, of course. Now, people have... There's all so many stories about Shanks. I had the pleasure of uh, meeting... Uh, Bill on, on, on one occasion, but there is a story that I read in your book, perhaps you would confirm, that when after you'd retired you had a testimonial match here yeah, at Deepdale um, and asked Bill to run the line and he was not well, too pleased about it. He wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> pleased at all because, I, you know, I'd known Bill of course since I was a youngster and I mm. kept in close touch with him and when he was manager of Liverpool and mentioned this game that was coming up and I asked, in my way, I was thinking of course of his age mm. particularly, uh, <laughs> that he, he wouldn't want to play anyway and against a lot of the younger players that were playing in yes. that game. Him, uh, and uh, he was absolutely infuriated and said to me, "There's no," he said, "unless I'm playing, I'm not coming." Yes. So I said, "Well, <laughs> if you, you know, I'd be delighted if you would play." Yes. But I thought yes. it was trying to yes. uh, save you an embarrassment, asking you to play. We're thinking of your age. He said, "Oh, I'm as fit as a fiddle. <laughs> I train every day." And uh, yes. and of course, he turned out and, and played extremely well in the game and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, he did play well into his 60s and uh, apparently played on the local park in Liverpool just for a kickabout. That's right. On 19 did. aside matches or something like that. <laughs> so he was a character. He was he was a character, wasn't he? Oh, he was a character. He was a one of us, Bill. And, and uh, sadly missed. Sadly missed in the indeed. Game. Absolutely, yes. yes. Let's just move on, um, Tom, to the game today. There's been 
Well, a tremendous amount of changes. I mean, you mentioned one a few minutes ago. It's now three points for a win and not two, but there's been a lot of changes. Oh, uh, there's been. A, a, how, how do you feel about the game today? Well, it, it is different altogether, mm. really. You know, you've got to realise that the pace of the game is much quicker than when it was in our day. And uh, I often think, watching the games now, that it's, it's a question of. Uh, playing the game to stop the opponent from playing rather yes. than going out and entertaining but having said that of course there's an awful lot at stake these days financially yes, sure. uh, managers jobs are at stake and yes. if they play attractive football and don't win games and that, that that's not good but when you look at the game they can't all be successful they somebody yeah. got to start the season and, and somebody's going to finish bottom and, uh, yeah. and somebody's going to win it mm. uh, so they can't all be successful but there are skillful players about and um, I think there were far more uh, entertainment in our day in the yes. game when, when it went out and it was a game and to be enjoyed forwards, and you know we played the 5-3-2 the, the right. and now I mean now. It, it's a question of 4-4-2 four, four, well, and what invariably uh, less up front than there is at the back one, nine, one, nine, it's, one a, very, it's a very, very it's def it's defensive it's game it's and, and not always uh, yeah. as pleasant to watch as one would like yes. but, it, but they say it has changed considerably and the, the technique of the game uh, has been given an awful lot of thought and, sure. and most people today uh, in the game anyway uh, and particularly managers uh, uh, you know have to rely on getting results yeah and if they don't get results then of course they get, they get sacked They're out, and, they? and that happens so often and that it was never like that in our day no. you know in, uh, in all the time I was at Preston there was more of a smile on the game of football well, there think, was. Wasn't it was, it was yes. well as I say it went out and it was entertainment mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. you felt it was your duty to go out and try and entertain people yes. yeah. and consequently we had a lot of good ball players in, mm -hmm. in our day but I think now looking at the game that, that we wouldn't have had the room you know, to move no. in those days no. because you'd have been closed down much quicker uh, right. than, than, than what the, uh, it was in our day. Yes. But what I, you know, I think it's a game to be, en you know, it's there to be enjoyed and people pay to watch and, mm. uh, and in my opinion they want to be entertained and they want sure. to enjoy the game and it's do. all about go scoring goals and you can see a, you know, a very enjoyable game when it's nil-nil, there's a lot of skill. Yes, exactly. Uh, but uh, a lot of the, the games one watches today are so defensive yes. and so negative stopping the other the team from, it's a question yeah. of stopping the other uh, from other, scoring other side rather than trying to really, from, rather than trying scoring. to win a game yes. Yes. yes you do mention in the book and going nearer to home have a match of watching Liverpool I think it was in the late 80s against Nottingham Forest and you felt it was a yeah, I did. A very a I, very I, I um, fortunate to be at that game complete and game of when, football when they beat, um, Forest Forest and, and, and I said after the game and I was interviewed by a radio I think it was or TV mm. and I said that was one of the most complete exhibitions of football I've ever seen and enjoyed yes I said there was everything you could wish to see there was individual skill and Barnes, teamwork. Barnes had a magnificent game mm. and, uh, and one or two the other uh, Liverpool players but yes. uh, it was a, such an entertaining game and everybody came off extremely happy apart yes. from Notts Forest who was well beaten <laughs> yes. but yes. even Brian Clough said it, it was a, a, it was a an entertaining game that game. he remembered and uh, it was a, a magnificent side and yes. uh, a wonderful team performance sure let's come right up straight to home because we are sitting in the uh, the Tom Finney what do you hope for Preston Tom can they ever be the force that they were again oh well yes they can be but it's, it's a very it's much more difficult 
difficult these days than it was in our day because it's really all a question of money today. And mm. uh, you know, you look at the the fabulous wages that players are, are being paid. That's got to come from somewhere, and I know a lot of it comes, the bulk of it comes from TV oh, money yes. anyway. Sponsorship. But, but your sponsorship, mm. your everything, advertising. There was nothing like that in our day of advertising or sponsorship no. uh, when we played the game. But now it's all about that, and it's all motivated to, to, to earn money. Yes. So it, it is different entirely. I think Les Ferdinand summed it up, didn't he, recently with his transfer when he said that he plays for Newcastle PLC that's right, and not that, Newcastle United. That was absolutely right. And I that's mean, probably you know, quite true today. were given that he had to be transferred, yes, irrespective yes. of what Whether the he wanted manager to go. or he wanted to go himself. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, it, it is so vital. It's, it's so different altogether than when uh, when you played. We played the game. And when you did play, Tom, I mean, this was your hometown team, and people used to say, "Why don't you go and play for Arsenal? Why don't you go and play for Man United?" Mm. And oh. I think you said, "Well, this is my home." And well, <laughs> apart from being your home, of course, you must remember it was a you know the, the wages were regulated in those days, and it, mm. <laughs> it wouldn't have been any. It wouldn't have been any more. Whether you played yeah. with Arsenal, you played with Manchester United, Tottenham, or Preston, North End, or Tottenham, it was all on you know the same wage. At 12 pounds a week to up to 20 and that was mm. the maximum that mm. I ever played for and, and, and so did everybody else who played at that time. The great Sir Tom Finney that was <coughs> fantastic Ray, what a lovely interview that was. Thanks John, it brings back some memories. Yeah, 16 years ago, I wonder what he'd say today <laughs> <laughs> Well indeed, I mean yeah. he was talking, see Stan Matthews talked about television and its impact Tom's talking about money mm. and if you take that forward all these years to now it'd be, the point they're making is even more emphatically there, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, and Ian Callaghan, um, <clears throat> he talks about Tom agreed with Ray that football today needs hasn't got the smile on its face. Do you do you go along with that? I do actually, John. Yeah, I mean, you know, you think of um, you know, you think of the days of George Best, and you know, it was entertainment. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, I, I I I think you know, sort of, you do get players um, who do entertain. The likes of Luis Suarez, oh, uh, you know, I mean, it's just fantastic. Mm. Um, but I think there was more uh, players in them days. Um, and as Tom said, you know, they, they were obliged to go out and entertain. Yes, exactly. The supporters. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, Matthews and Finney and uh, those lovely interviews with uh, Ray O'Brien and Ian Callaghan after this break. So don't go away. Stay tuned. This is Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Well, hello and welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. My studio guests, the legendary Liverpool player Ian Callaghan and Ray O'Brien, who uh, has interviewed those two legendary wingers, Tom Finney and Sir Stanley Matthews. He interviewed them back in 1997. We've just heard uh, Matthews and the latter one was Tom Finney. Um, wonderful, wonderful stuff, Ray. Um, Ian, you were just saying that having played for Bill Shankly and having the talents of Tom Finney drummed into you almost <laughs> on a daily basis, yeah. it's nice to hear the man himself speak. Well, yes, I mean, I, I, I've i met Tommy uh, on numerous occasions and he's the most lovely man. Here, here. Um, so it's wonderful, you know, to uh, uh, raise sort of, uh, you know, sort of interview. Yeah. And, um, and you know, when you think back, you know, uh, Bill Shankly, my boss for 14 years, uh, and here, you know, him talk about Tommy Finney, and he talked about Tommy Finney all the time, um, he just idolised them, and um, I mean, you know, what a wonderful player he was. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, so I, 
you know, I watched him. I never seen him play very often. Um, in fact, I, I only seen him play after he'd retired in, in uh, Ronnie Moran's testimonial. Uh, no, that was at Anfield, was... we think, in the late 60s, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and Tommy had retired and he came back and played outside right against Ronnie Moran. And he was absolutely marvellous. Absolutely. You know, his balance and what a, you know, a genuine two-footed player. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Well, I remember one lovely story about Shanks and Finney. He was, uh, Liverpool didn't have a game and he went to Sheffield United's match to watch it. And as he's coming out, he's a, spotted by Don Evans, who then worked for the News of the mm. World as a football Don, writer. Yeah. Nice man, yeah, Don. Yeah, And Don. as he came, Tom, <laughs> Tony Curry had given this brilliant demonstration of football. And as he's coming out, he sees Shanks, he says, Hello, Bill, he says... Um, he says, Tony Curry was a bit special. He said, he said he reminds me of Tom Finney. And Shanks says, I could be right there, Don. He says, mind you, Tom's 67. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that just, you know, captures yeah. what he, he just, he, as you say, he idolised Tom, him. didn't he? Oh, he did. And um, yeah. this Ronnie Moran game, uh, he was a bit special, wasn't he? Well, he was. I mean, you know, I, 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 was, I sat and watched it. I was in the stand and... I was amazed because he was playing on the right wing, and it's amazing how many you know, sort of times he he actually dribbled his left foot. It was you know yeah. uh, he had this sort of knack of, of of you know with his back to the touchline and dribbling with his with his left foot and yeah. uh, I mean he was still quick over you know yes. two or three yards then. Yeah, uh, it was just amazing, and, and and also what a player like he would have been would be worth today. Because, as he said, he played right across the forward line. And he says in the interview, doesn't he, that um, given his time over, he would have preferred to be at centre-forward. Because he was a very, very good centre-forward, Ray, wasn't he? He was indeed, and he talks there, doesn't he? I think it was 1957. And um, I think he got about 23 he goals. He scored a lot of goals, yes. From centre-forward oh, that yes. season. And, of course, alongside him, John, was a guy called Tommy Thompson. Yes. And they used to call them the Terrible Twins. And I think they plundered... Almost 50 goals between them that season. Yeah, they did score mm. a lot of goals, yeah. Yep. yeah. So, goodness knows what it'd be worth today. Well, but I think in that Ronnie Moran testimonially, and I think Shanks went up to Tom after the game, didn't he? This is a story Ian St John tells. And he said... Um, he didn't try to sign him, Don. John, did he? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't try to sign him, but he said, uh, he said, I was looking at you there, Tom, and he said, I've realised how to stop you. And Tom Lutley says, "Tie your legs together." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and I think, I think when he, um, I think given his uh, his great feelings for Tom Finney, and I think that was in his mind when he signed Peter Thompson because he liked that type of player who was brilliant. I mean, and the connection with with Preston, with Preston North End. yeah. Um, and he also provided a great. You were direct raiding winger, would, whereas yeah. Peter would beat a man. I mean, Shank said once, Peter had a great game. He said he beat his fullback 13 times, the St John ambulance twice, and the policeman <laughs> three times. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I think that was in his mind when he signed Peter. Well, I, I think so. I mean, Peter was, uh, you know, a fantastic player, um, an artist with the ball, like like Tommy. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Shanks had often said, if, you know, we'd win in with a couple of minutes to go, give the ball to Peter. Yeah. And Peter would keep all of it and go past the full back, bring it back, go past the full back again. Uh, it was just marvellous to watch Peter. Well, the show wouldn't be complete without Bill Shankly talking about Tom Finney. And we have this uh, little clip here. Uh, I apologise, it's not the greatest quality, but I think you'd like to listen to it. Here's Shankly about Finney. Well, uh, I played with Tommy Finney. Ah, uh, uh, par excellence. Uh, 
possibly the, the greatest player ever played. And you, you were in the same side? Oh yes, I played, he, mm. he, he come to the, forge, uh, the early part of the war and he played in Preston's junior team. He was about 16 year old when the war started. Now what made him so great? Oh, but, uh, talent. Ability. Uh, ability. Yeah. Uh, and above all, he was very, very strong. He could win the tackles like a win halves. He'd win all the balls he'd tackle for. Really? He was good in the air. Yeah. He went to play centre forward when he was 38 year old. He was the best centre forward in England. It was elusive. He couldn't take it off him. He was left footed playing outside right. But he could play anywhere. He, he was just a the brilliant, deceptive man. It was hardly possible to touch him. And, and to take it off him, you had to follow him. So then you were penalised for So you didn't take it off him at the end of the day. He, 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 he was a, a, an elusive pimpernel, you know. That wonderful Shankly oratory, an elusive pimpernel. Marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. Only Shanks could use that one, couldn't he? (laughs) Yeah, well, what a genius he had for words. Amazing. If he hadn't been a football manager, he could have been a comedian or a politician or whatever. But Ian, your eyes again lit up when he said about his, his left foot. Uh, Shanks well, exactly, that's the thing yeah. I noticed, you know, I mean, when on the right, dribbling with his left foot, and then he could play on the left and dribble with his right foot. Yeah. I mean, the most, you know, sort of skillful uh, two-footed player. My yeah. God. Yeah. Our esteemed producer, Carlos Woodward, has just put a little note in front of me saying, is there a comparison with Ronaldo of today, Finney of yesterday? Two different players. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think Ronaldo... Uh, is probably one of the best players in the world, if not the best player. Some people him say he's edged out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I think he plays a different type of game than Tommy. Uh, as you you know, you heard Bill Shankly talk about Tommy. Mm. You couldn't get the ball off him. No. You know, I mean, he was he was just an artist. Yeah. Um, where Ronaldo's fast. He's more physical quick. than Tom, isn't he? Well, he's six foot. So yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Tom's so, smaller, know, so yeah. different type of player uh, completely. Yeah. yeah. A great player. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ray, um, having spoken to Tom uh, and, and Sir Stan, has it changed your view of football today and, and, and the contrast between their day and today's game? Well, firstly, John, I must say, now, I haven't heard these tapes, you know, for a very, very oh, long really? time. Oh, really? No, 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 no. So it's no. a voice of discovery and I now, for you. I know, as I'm that bit older as well, feel so privileged yes. to have uh, met these two gentlemen. And that's what they were, gentlemen of the game, weren't they? What? Has it changed my opinion of the game today? Um, well, yeah, because I grew up in the 1950s, so I was a fan when Ian was starting off playing, and I think we both know the game has changed. Yeah. But I expect the basics are still the same, aren't they? And, uh, you know, it's still in your blood. I don't think, that's, I don't think that ever goes. No. But obviously there's a great difference today. Yeah. Just the uh, the mentality before the game, the, the way the game is run, than it was... Uh, when Tom and Stanley were playing. It was, it was interesting to hear the two of them, John. And, you know, they, they talk about money, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and about how the game's changed. And that them tapes were done, Ray. Seven, 16 years ago. Uh, 1997, yeah. 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 16 you know, years ago. It was a heck of a difference yeah. then. Even then, interview. even then, yes. Yeah. Tom also touched about tactics and how they changed. The latest one, apparently, is, the, is called The Hidden Centre Forward. That's the latest, Ian. I'm sure oh, that right. opened your eyes. I, I, I remember Don Revy, the Deep Lion Centre Forward. Yeah, well, it's not uh, far. The Hungarians so. did this in 1953. Started in the it's come back again yeah. now. The 19... 19- 
53 game, John, against yes. Hungary. The 6-3 yes. game, wasn't it? 6-3, was when, Push, yeah. when they yeah, had yeah. this guy, and John will remember him, it was Hidakuchi. Hidakuchi. And he yeah, played yeah. Yeah. number nine on his back. But he was a deep liar. And Billy Wright didn't know who he was marking. Didn't know who to mark. No. So that was 1953. That's 60 years ago. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's quite amazing. Well, we've talked talked about Shankly. We've heard him. Um, Now, here's an idea for a Christmas gift with a difference for family or friends. Why not buy them tickets for the next production of our stage show, The Bill Shankly Story, when one of my studio guests, Ian Callaghan, and I will be on stage with Ian St John, Chris Lawler and actor Steve Hazelhurst at the superb new Atkinson Theatre in Southport on Friday, February the 7th. Tickets are £16 with £13 concessions, available in person at the theatre box office or by calling 01704 or online at Always a great atmosphere at those, Ian, because the Shankly legend goes on and on, doesn't it? Well, that's right, and, you know, you, the, the tape starts, and, you know, to listen to this man's Because we have his voice, we must we stress, do. yes. And, um, you know, I mean, it, you still get the airs on the back of your neck, even now. Well, I've, I've heard it quite a few times. Uh, yeah. You know, it's still there. Yes. Because this man was just iconic. He yeah. really was. Yeah. Well, I was delighted to get a reaction of the lovely Pat LeBone, of course, your friend and mine, the late Brian's mm-hmm. uh, former wife, and um, she came to our last production and she said it was absolutely magnificent. She was in tears at the end. I said, surely not that bad, Pat. <laughs> but uh, but she was. So it was lovely to get that kind of uh, come, feeling. Come on from an Evertonian as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, you've also got a chance to come and meet Ian. I'll be with him at Broadhurst Bookshop Market Street next Wednesday, Market Street, Southport, next Wednesday, December the 18th. We'll be signing copies of the Shankly Show brochure and the book Callie on the Ball. And, um, well, we look forward to seeing you. And uh, I have to say to both of you, thank you very much for coming in. Ray, for doing those tapes and letting us hear them. Ray O'Brien. It's been a pleasure. And to Ian Callaghan, my very good friend. Ian, thank you very much for coming in. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I mean, just fantastic to hear these two great, great players uh, talking. Yeah, and to Ray for recording them for for posterity, if I can get the words out. Wonderful archive stuff. So, from Ray O'Brien and Ian Callaghan, and from myself, John Keith, from this edition of Strictly John Keith, goodbye. Strictly John Keith. City Talk 105.9.